Good evening, church. Tonight we are blessed with another opportunity to look into the, the Word of God, allowing God to open our hearts and strengthen us so that we may become more like Him. We welcome you, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for coming tonight. Let's go to God in a word of prayer, please. Masterful and merciful God in heaven, we love you so very much and thank you. We're so thankful to you for helping us. We need your help. And you're always there for us. And though we find ourselves sometimes walking astray, you always take us back. We pray, Lord God, that you will help us to stay faithful and true to you in all things, to honor your name, and to glorify you. We ask for your mercy and your care upon us. And we pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Be thy will. Amen. We're going to Proverbs chapter 16. It takes a village, right, to, to raise children. You've heard that, right? It takes a village to, to raise older children, right? You know, so the older people helping the younger people and then the middle people helping the younger people and then those people helping the younger people. It just, it takes a village. There's this degree of experience that you can't learn in universities, no matter where you go. The experience of life. Proverbs 16 and verse 31, a gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. Now, true that is. And if we look around, we see all this, <clears throat> see all the gray hair. Some of it we don't see because it's been done. Anyway, look. <laughs> Where did I get that one from, right? Look, that gray hair is a, a gift to the church and a gift to God's people. Proverbs 20 in verse 29. You cannot learn it in colleges, the things that the gray hair can teach the younger generation. Proverbs 20 in verse 29. The Bible says the glory of young men is their strength and the honor of old men is their gray hair. And it goes likewise for the women. It is that experience that blesses us in so many ways. It takes a village to keep a congregation going strong. Ecclesiastes, please, chapter chapter 9, to, to look at children. I know we think about that in regards to children, but, but in one way or another, there are always people who are older than us, and we can learn from them. Proverbs 9 and verse 18. Wisdom is better, <clears throat> excuse me, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Now, true that is. And so this wisdom is what we're talking about tonight, how we're going to look at at setting up your legacy, if you will, in your children and children's children, and even helping out other children and children's children. Second Timothy, please, chapter, chapter 1. All generations need guidance in not just child-rearing, but young adults, right? Young adults and then a little bit older, those adults. and We, we all need help. We need help of parents and grandparents and great-great-grandparents. We need that relationship it's critical, it's important, and, and it helps the next generation, right? The next generation. We look at the, the little kids, the youngest generation, but I'm talking about just the next generation of people in general. Second Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. God wants us to help the next generation. How are we doing with that? Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience 
the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my uh, prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I'm sure that it is in you as well. So, so think about that from, from this generation, this beautiful generation of, of Lois to Eunice to Timothy, and then from there, Timothy became a preacher. And then how many other people were blessed from this faith that started, if you will, in the older generations? You are a blessing to, uh, to all of us. Second Chronicles chapter 14. You are a blessing to all of us, and your wisdom um, can be utilized in, 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 blessing, in blessed ways. I've always said this when people have asked me questions about raising children. I believe that all the aged have wisdom. Some of them will teach you what to do, and some of them will teach you what not to do. You have to have the discerning wisdom to know which, which way to go, right? But you can always learn lessons from those who have gone on or preceded us, gone on before us, and even those who are here before us today is setting an example. Leave a legacy for your children. Give them a chance, right? However old they are, or however old they may be in this walk of life, give them a chance at salvation, right? And, and, and you have a powerful influence in giving them a chance at salvation. In, in 2 Chronicles chapter, uh, chapter 14, look at Asa. Asa wasn't perfect, right? But, but he did some good things. In verse 1, so Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and his son Asa became king in his place. The land was undisturbed for ten years during his days. And Asa did good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. For he removed the foreign altars in high places, tore down the sacred pillars, cut down the ashram, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, and observe the law of the Lord, the law and the commandment, he also removed the high places and incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom was undisturbed under him. Look at the blessing when, when, when Asa did good stuff, God blessed that work. God blessed that, that kingdom. God blessed those, those people. God blessed those children. And we're going to look in just a moment at the other side where God cursed those children. God cursed those people because they did the wrong. They did the opposite of what was commanded by the Lord. In chapter 17, in verse 3, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, because he followed the example of his father David's early days, and did not seek the Baals. You see how that legacy, just going from one, one father, grandparent, great-grandparent down to you, you just never know. But give them a chance, right? Now, I know you say, well, preacher, wait a minute. Let's be honest. There are some really horrible parents that have great children. There are some great parents that have horrible children. I know that. But at least give them a chance, right? While I have an opportunity, give them a chance to, to see good and to see the blessings of God and to experience the blessings of God so that if they ever walk away, they'll at least know where to come back to. In verse 4, it says, they, but they sought God, his fathers, followed his commandments, and did not act as Israel did. So the Lord established the kingdom in his control. And all Judah brought tribute to Josephat, and he had great riches and honor. 
And he took great pride in the ways of the Lord and again removed the high places and the ashram from Judah. And you would have thought, you know, Judah would look up and say, hey, you know, there's something to this serving God lifestyle. There's something good about this. Maybe we ought to follow. But we know Israel. We know the history of Israel and Judah. But we're going to 1 Kings chapter, uh, chapter 22. Give them a chance. And it takes a village. It, you know, I, I welcome the help. I welcome wisdom that comes my way to, to guide me, to help me along the way. I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm thankful to learn what I can learn. I'm very, very willing to take uh, criticism and, and constructive criticism and help because I don't have all of the answers. But I know where all the answers can be found. And they're all, all in the book, all in God, all in, in what God has given to us. And older folks have some wisdom that I can glean from. 1 Kings 22, verse 51. And there's the other side, right? Ahaziah, the son of Aham, became king over Israel and Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father in the way of his mother in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. We're going way back to Jeroboam. So David, Jeroboam, good and bad. Ahab was terrible. And of course, his son grows up to be the exact same way. He gave him no chance. So he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all that his fathers had done. What, what, kind, of, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? Judges chapter uh, chapter 2 for my children as they grow up. I always think about this passage. I've thought about it when raising my children and, and I hope it's a blessing to you as well. To think about Judges chapter 2. The busyness of our lives sometimes gets in the way of raising children. May I encourage you tonight to never let that happen. Right? Never allow the busyness of life to get in the way of raising children and rearing up children, or to interfere with our raising of children. And I'm not just talking about the little ones, right? Judges 2, verse 10. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there rose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done in Israel, or for Israel. How was that possible? You know, how, you, know you, have, you have Moses, and then Joshua, and then they follow God, and then, and then the fathers follow God. The next generation after Joshua follow God. And then somewhere in there, there's a generation that grows up, the very next one, that, that doesn't even know who God is. How's that possible? They allow the busyness of life. You know, the busyness of getting it done, right? The busyness of being doctrinally pure, or whatever it may be, whatever was going on, the busyness of that in their lives, they forgot to teach the children. The whole generation forgot about the children. It takes a village. And you know what happened in this instant? It took a village to destroy a generation of children. Because no one had time to teach them. They did not know God. And you know what happens when you raise your children up not knowing God and not telling them about consequences? Verse 11, they will suffer. Verse 11 says, And the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord 
to anger. Who is the Lord? They might have asked. Who, who is God? Mark chapter 10. It takes time to be dedicated to, to raising children. Right? And so older, older members of the, of the body, you know, help the younger folks. I know you say, well, there's this generation. I know some, some of the generations grow up and they don't want to help. But at least, at least ask. At least offer the opportunity to be able to help. What a blessing it is when, when, when mama tells you stuff that's godly and righteous and daddy tells you stuff that's godly and righteous and you follow those things and you get to experience the true blessings of the Lord. It takes a village. Mark 10 and verse 29. Jesus said, truly I say to you, let, let me give you that verse 28, excuse me. Uh, Peter began to say to him, behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake or for the gospel's sake, but that he shall receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecution in the age to come eternal life. Fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and wow, what a gift. What, what an amazing gift that God's giving us this huge family. We all need each other. It, it takes a village. First Timothy uh, chapter 5. It takes us, right? Not just the, you know, the 10% of the members who are doing all. It takes us. It takes, it takes the whole body of Christ to work together to have a good, solid, sound, strong congregation. Male and female. It takes all of us. First Timothy 5 verse 1. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as, as a father. And the younger men as brothers, and the older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters, and all purity. You see what God's doing? It takes a village. Multiple mothers, and multiple fathers, and multiple brothers, and multiple sisters. And if all of us, Deuteronomy chapter 6, please. If all of us take seriously the charge that's repeated over and over again in the scriptures found here in Deuteronomy chapter 6 to raise those children up fearing God, what a blessed congregation we will be, right? Deuteronomy 6 in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your foreheads. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Whenever you come in contact with, with younger people, the next, the generation under you, you should teach them about God. Talk about life. Say, you know, here's, here's what happened to me. Titus chapter 2. In life, as I have lived, I've made some decisions. Some were good and some were not so good. Some were bad. Some were, some were great and some were horrible. But I learned some valuable lessons in life. And then that door, that open door should be open. To, you know, we should want to listen and say, teach me. Tell me. Talk to me about it. Let me know what happened. And we start learning things about people that you never knew. Right? And you realize, wow, and look at you tonight. You're here. 
It's, you know, I think about when I go to just the oldest generation, right? You know how hard it is for them to get up? Right, just to get out of, a, out of a chair, out of the bed? You know the effort it took for older people to get here? You know, that, that's value to me. It's like, you know, I have no excuse. I'm like, thank you, God, for this amazing example right in front of me that, that these folks here have, have God as number one. And through all the pain and agony that it takes just to get out of the bed and, and to get here, wow, I'm impressed with that. The older generation to the next generation and then the next generation. Fathers and, and grandfathers, Titus chapter 2, God's he's spoken to us. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. And, and I, love, I love Titus too because it gives you kind of a motivation. You know, why? Well, because you've got to teach, teach the younger men to be like this, right? So you have to be it first. And then when you find yourself falling short, you, you tell those younger people, this is the wrong way to go. And then, and then the single mothers trying to raise young boys. You need men help to help you out with that. So we got fathers and brothers in the church to help with that. And then, and then the single men who are raising daughters. You need ladies to help you with that. Right? It takes a village. Verse 6 says, Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things. Show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. Sound in speech which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say. Who's the opponent? Satan, right? Satan is trying to take our, our little ones, take our respected members of the body of Christ, take, take every one of us and destroy us. Not only do we have to be reminded of that, but we need information. God, give me more information. Help me to know more about your will and your way. And, and you know when I can see it? When I can see it, I can see it in Scripture, but I see it best in the lives of people. And I go, oh, yeah, now I know. Right? Now I know. And when I, and when I see, you know, the wickedness going on, okay, I say, well, don't, don't go that way. And then I reflect on myself and say, oh, wait, 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 I've been that way. <laughs> and then when I see the good, I, I say, well, we got to go that way. You know, I, I just, I like to see what other people believe, not just hear it. Titus chapter, uh, chapter 1 and verse 5. When do you start training to be an elder, young man? Yesterday, right? How, how many of us in our homes are teaching our children, our young men? Young men, look, you need to grow up to be an elder in the Lord's church. You don't have to, but look, at least qualify. I used to tell my children that all the time. At least, son, I want you to at least qualify. Whether you want to ever serve as an elder, because you've got to have the desire, you have to at least live your life in such a way to which you qualify to serve as an elder. I said to my daughter, you're looking for a man that has the qualities of an elder. You know, right? It's all there. And then you get to talk about everything because the door is wide open. Verse 5, for this reason I left you in Crete that you might set in order which, that which remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if a man is be above reproach, the husband of one wife having children who believe not accused of dissipation and rebellion. For the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted 
to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout. Look at these Bible studies, right? Devout, uh, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching that he may be able both to exhort and sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. When do you start this? Yesterday. Verse 11, speaking, just carrying it on over to the wives as well, who, who must be silenced. Excuse me. Uh, Titus chapter uh, 3 in verse, 1 Timothy chapter 3, excuse me, in verse 11. The wives, in, in regards to relationships, they're, they're equally important, right? Man can't be an elder if, he doesn't have, if his wife doesn't, right? You, you, we're a team, right? And then children, you know, the father and we're a team. And so 1 Timothy 3, verse 11, women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but, but temperate, faithful in all things. Look at the Bible studies that you can have with young people if, if, if you desire it. We, it, it, takes, it takes a village to, to have a good, solid, strong congregation. Mothers and grandmothers, right? Mothers and grandmothers, how invaluable, right? Titus uh, chapter, chapter 2. When you think about relationships and what, give the young lady something to look up to, to look forward to. I want to be just like my grandmother. You almost, you almost, I mean, you know, you think about younger people and, you know, in life and they go, instead we're, we're hearing things like, you know, well, grandma, she's just, um, she's just too old. She doesn't really understand. And, but let, let that child hang around grandma for a little while. And you realize, no, she really understands, right? Takes a, it, takes a, it takes a village. And God said, I've given you a whole lot of grandmothers, and I've given you a whole lot of grandfathers, and I've given you a bunch of fathers, and a bunch of brothers, and a bunch of sisters, and what are you, what are you folks going to do with that? Right? Titus uh, 2, verse 3. All the women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, no enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Some of that stuff that we think in our minds, that just, you know, it's just, oh, you're just born knowing how to be a mother. No, you're not. We're not born just knowing how to be a father. We have to be taught, trained, right? And, and that's what the older generation's here for. Verse 7 says, in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Again, I want to read that again because it's Satan's out there. And what Satan is doing is Satan is saying, if you will not teach them, I will. And God says, it takes a village. That, that's why it's so important to have your young people here, the teens, the, the, the young children, even the younger adults, et cetera, et cetera, because we, we need to hear it over and over and over and over and over again, and we've got to work together to win this, right? Christianity is not, a, is not an individual, single-man sport, right? It's, it's all of us collectively winning the same prize. Thank you, God, for that. We can learn from each other if we choose to open our hearts and not harden our hearts. We need each other. I need you, right? Maybe you might need something from me. We need each other. Titus 2, 
Verse 11. We're not of the world. We're part of God's family. In verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. It, it, it's here, and we have it. Right? Share it. Start at home. Right? Start at home, and then branch out. Right? The grace of God is right here. There's some instructions that come along with that. Right? Verse 12, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Train up the young men, train up the young ladies to live this way. But you be the example too. Right? And then, you know, when we as Fathers find ourselves making mistakes and mothers making mistakes. Hey, own up to that. Own it. Talk to your children. Say, yeah, I made some mistakes. Don't make the ones I made. Right? Learn from, learn from my mistakes. Talk about it. And it wasn't just me as a father who made mistakes. It's other fathers who've made mistakes and other mothers who've made mistakes. Own it, church. Right? So that our young folks don't grow up thinking, well, you know, and they, and they listen to their friends like Rehoboam and they get themselves into trouble. Own it. God loves his people and God wants his people to work together, right, to help each other to get to heaven. That is the goal and that is the end game for all of us. Do you have to be a mother or a father to help mothers and fathers? No. Paul didn't have children. We go to his writings all the time, right? No. They, they've seen some things that we haven't seen. You know, you start asking questions like, so what do you think about my kids? <laughs> you want the truth? Never mind. <laughs> How do you feel when you go to a restaurant and children are just, just out of control? Sometimes I know some of the older mothers, I see them. They want to go over there and say, how can I help you? But I know we shouldn't do that. I get that. But what I'm saying is you don't have to be a parent to see and to notice. All of us can help you. It takes a village. It takes all of us. Let's close in verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. What is it all about? That is what it's all about. It's about getting to heaven and taking as many people with us as we personally can with God's blessing. It takes a village to make that happen. Right? So tonight I encourage you to encourage each other. Right? Tonight, encourage each other, love each other, make each other feel strong so that when we go out tomorrow to fight, or tonight rather when we leave this building to fight against the devil, we'll have that renewed strength that only comes from the Lord. The lesson is yours. Tonight if there are any who would like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism. Tonight, if we could pray with you or pray for you, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.